When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Thursday. No, I am not missing. I left the last three days to Lee and Murph because their knowledge of the general football game is far superior than mine. And I thought, who better to leave it with you than uh, a couple of real pros? But it's not me and Murph today. It's not even me and Lee. I've uh, I drafted back in somebody who, you know, I, I squeaked in my college fantasy football final. Uh, not not a humble brag, just just saying. But um, I thought free agency's been buzzing. Let's talk about some rookies coming in, and and what better than to get the person who got me into uh, college fantasy football than Ash. Ash, you heard him before on the Throwback Pod, and on the drafts, but he's back and he's got a Southampton FC jersey on this. Controversial. Ashman, <laughs> welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you very much. I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually apologise if I sound a little nasal today. I don't know what's happened. I'm pretty sure I don't have corona, but I uh, I, I was playing with some fertiliser at work today and it had a high iron content and I think it's it's all in the airways. So if I sound terrible, Rush Nation, I do apologise. But like I said today, Ash and I are going to be diving into some of the rookies that we we think are sort of fancy relevant for, I don't know, Ash, what do you reckon, the first round or just our consensus, consensus top five guys? Yeah, I'd say consensus top five and then a couple of, uh, shall we say, sleeper type picks, but dependent on uh, 
on where they land on on the on the three that I've chosen as my sleepers at the moment. I guess that's the big thing as well, isn't it? It's landing spot because the guys we could mm. talk about they could absolutely vaporize in fantasy value if they land at an absolutely terrible spot. So even if they are sort of consensus top five picks or at their position, if they go to the wrong place, then pff, see you later. Yeah, exactly. And we've we've seen it happen for a number of years. So it's all still very early days in terms of the uh, the fantasy aspect of it. But we are hopefully nearing closer to the actual draft. I'm sure we'll keep hearing more about what's actually going to happen, if it's going to be going ahead of scheduled or, or whatnot. But yeah, well, they've they've said it's definitely going to happen in some capacity on that date over oh, the three days, which is really good because, you know, the way other sports are looking in America, if the draft was delayed and then practices got delayed, we might have seen a, a season run into April or whatever. So, But the fact that the draft is still going to go ahead is really good news. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, as much as it will be um, upsetting for the American fans that it might not have anyone there, I think it would, like you say, still is still be good if it goes ahead because we want to avoid as many delays as possible, like we're experiencing in particular over here in football now. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's all a bit chaotic at the moment and no one really knows what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. So, you know, some of these names we're going to talk about and then some of the names we won't talk about today, but who knows if this episode goes down well and maybe we'll do, we'll do some more on the rookies. I, I learned purely from playing fantasy football with you in the college league. And I thought that that was a really good way to get into, into playing, uh, into knowing, sorry, the college players' names, because that's how I got into the NFL. I played fantasy and I, I really liked it that way. And there's so many more players in college, even if you played in, you know, how many people were in our league? Was it 10? Uh, yeah, I think 12? we had 10. 10 yeah, so, but you imagine you, you do a 14 or a 16 team league there's so many players because there's about 132 colleges or something ridiculous that you, that you can pick from. So waiver wires are, I, well, there might be only one guy whoever pops off as the top waiver ad, but there's always going to be somebody you can grab and, and running through the waivers and seeing who there was, was a really good way for me to get into college football. Yeah, definitely. And it, it not only helps with your college football um, knowledge but it does help with if you're in dynasty as well because you get that early look at those at those rookies that will potentially be coming through um, and you are right you could uh, it's interesting especially with a 10 10 team where you can you can have a completely different team the next week and they're all still starters which would never happen in a in a 10 team league in the NFL yeah and and the fact that there's multiple bye weeks and stuff like that if you yeah so yeah, it was it's interesting, and I think I really enjoyed it mainly because, like you said, for dynasty it's good you get people coming in, but then also just in redraft you know you you recognise that rookie's name, and if you hadn't recognised them and they went to a landing spot you thought oh that was good, but actually, I mean NFL teams they do their research and they pick people who fit their schemes and stuff, but if for instance Justice Hill last year you thought oh running back Mark, Mark Ingram's not going to be the one and Gus Edwards who knows what's going to happen with him and people were really hyped on Justice Hill but actually he didn't really do anything last season and you know there's whispers in the bushes now that the Ravens are um, 20 odd whatever they're drafting I can't off the top of my head 28 something like that Somewhere around that sort of spot yeah they could take one of these big time running backs and that blows Mark Ingram Justice Hill Gus Edwards poof see you later sort of thing so yeah I've, I've, I've seen that as well and to be honest the way the uh 
the way the drafts usually go, you really don't know. They could they could well they could well do that because Mark Ingram, all right, he's not old, but he's he's getting on now as in terms of a running back age. And like you say, Justice Hill didn't really show a great deal last year and, and does look like more of a complementary back rather than a, a back you want leading the line. 100%. So, actually, it would be remiss of me to, you know, those who know you and have listened to you on our show know that you are an Ohio, Ohio State fan. Uh, the Indeed. Buckeyes uh, got pretty close last year getting to the, the Final Four. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was It was a good season. It was a shame the way it ended, but um, we've, we've got uh, some, some more good players, even though we are losing some phenomenal guys in this year's draft. We've we've recruited well again and we've got some we've got some decent pieces still there and, and I mean the highlight Justin Fields has got another year there and I can see him uh having another good year and being probably one of the top picks next year. So I'm looking forward to the season whenever it may start. Yeah, I am as well because I think, you know, we should definitely do another college league and if if you run it again but we need more people to fill it, like a bit more active people then I know Rush Nation will jump at the chance and we can we can get a good league going again. But it is different yeah. the the um the way players get into college, isn't it? You know, they they get recruited and teams like take your Ohio State Buckeyes for instance, they they're losing uh, Chase Young on the edge. It is Chase Young? It is Chase Young. Chase yeah. Young, yeah. For some reason his name didn't sound right when I said it. Chase Young and then JK Dobbins and then one of their corners, Jeff Akuda. Jeff Akuda, yeah. Yeah, he's what going kind of this year. And then I think they've got a wide out as well, haven't they, in the draft? Uh, oh, now you're testing me. Um, oh, Ash, come on. I, I think know, you're right. Point here. I'm... Shocking, shocking. Um, they have... No, I can't remember who he is now. He's not... Hill. There's KJ Hill, and I think there's another wide receiver, but... Yeah, I knew they had one, yeah. and I just couldn't yeah. remember his name, but... Yeah, we've got a couple, but it's, it's, that's not our, our top things this year. I mean, you've got uh, Bobbins... Young, the uh, Akuda, and Harrison, the the linebacker, are probably the main guys that you're going to be looking out for. Fair, but today, obviously, we're going to keep this fantasy relevant and talk about the offensive players. I mean, although you know Nick Bosa, he was a Buckeye and he made a, a stupid difference to that San Francisco 49ers DST. If you happen to be playing them, you've got point high points for sacks. So. Maybe we should be talking about everyone, but we don't have the time to talk about the entire draft people being drafted. <laughs> we could be here for a long time if we did. Uh, we we would be here for a long time knowing us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, if we do have a little bit of time, there's a couple of players I want to ask you about because your college knowledge is much higher and better than mine. So I've, I'm writing. I don't know if you've read any of my articles on players. Um, I've seen a couple, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was just finishing up my second tier of wide receivers today and a couple of the guys in there I wanted to ask you a few things about. And uh, actually, spoiler alert, one of them is on our sleepers list. Oh, excellent. I already know who you're talking about. Good. <laughs> That's because the other three people on your sleepers list, uh, or two, because you got rid of one, are both running backs. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so come on then, Ash. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lead you off. Um, let's start about talking about, do you think this guy's the 101 in fantasy, Jonathan Taylor? At this stage, I would say yes. Um, very much dependent on where he ends up uh, because I'd say I don't think he will be going day one but I certainly see him going uh, sort of early day two in the draft so it it very much depends on where he lands Um, that is Jonathan Taylor of course uh, from Wisconsin 
yeah. Uh, it'll take a lot for him not to be the 101. I think it's between him and one other running back, uh, but very much dependent on where, on, on where they land. Do you think it's between him and DeAndre Swift? No. Good. Me neither. <laughs> I do not. Um, and that he, um, and you say it like that, but DeAndre Swift is um, he is in my top five, and he but he is a lot of people's one or two. Um, but no, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor are my two top guys at the minute. I'd say. Um, but back on to Jonathan Taylor, I think he probably has the best chance of being an every down back um again subject to where he lands um i'm hoping that he lands at somewhere like kansas city uh or the atlanta falcons obviously now they've they've got rid of freeman they've got space so they could well use an early uh pick um even uh, while i was looking at all of these running backs because i got quite a lot on on this list as you can imagine um one team came up on pretty much every single one, and that's Tampa Bay. I think they are – I have a f- strong suspicion that they're going to uh, use a high draft pick on a running back this year. So, spoiler alert, my mock, my first ever mock draft comes out tomorrow morning. It was supposed to come out Monday morning, but me being the klutz I am, I didn't schedule it, and it never made it out. And then free agency broke and blew my mock draft to a million pieces, which was really useful. But – I have uh, I've amended it, and I asked Murph, obviously being the Bucks fan, I said, Murph, what do you think they do at 14? Um, and he said, we either need offensive tackle or running back or quarterback. But obviously, Brady pretty much is not official yet, is it? Brady has not. I mean, I the, the, No, I don't think it's been officially announced. It's announced. pretty official, but there's not been any sort of actual official announcement from Tampa Bay as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and Brady hasn't announced it either because Murph no. hasn't said anything to me, so that means that nothing's happened. But I've um, seen nothing from him yet. <laughs> yeah, I um, apparently just got some breaking news that the Rams are releasing. Yep, the Rams have just released Todd Gurley. They've released him. Yeah, um, I've heard some stuff from a few, especially Murph today, that apparently there's a chance Todd Gurley is a Buccaneer tomorrow. Um, okay. Which leads me back to my mock draft. But Murph said we need a running back because all the offensive tackles were gone. And I took Jonathan Taylor at 14. So it actually looks like I might have to be doing some late night work on my mock draft because Gurley could be announced before my mock goes out. <laughs> crazy because it was only this afternoon that I saw that they were talking about trying to trade him. So they must have quite quickly realised that they weren't going to get anything from him. Yeah, wow. Gurley's been released. Okay. I just don't, I don't understand that. I mean, sorry to no. get off college again, Rush Nation, but he's one of the greatest running back to, to play of recent years. I mean, he's, I know he's got arthritis, but... Yeah, that's very surprising. I'm, oh. I'm shocked. I mean, it frees up a lot of money for them, but I suspect there's a bit of dead cap hit there. Um, I don't know on his contract situation, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite shocked that they've done that. Me too. That is... Well, there you go. There's... um. God, Brady and Gurney at Tampa together. They're uh... They're looking you... like a good outfit if they both turn out to be true. There you go. Sleeper just popped up my phone. Breaking news. Rams released Todd Gurley. Your phone's well ahead of mine. Mine doesn't even come up with anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, the Rams, they could be in the market. Obviously, they drafted... Uh, they definitely could now, yeah. Who did they draft last year? Darrell Henderson. That's the one. But he obviously didn't show what they hoped he would show. Yeah, he didn't. 
get as much chance as I thought he was going to, but even when he did, he didn't impress um, their other... Who did they have? Malcolm Brown. Yeah, he, he looked better than him. Um, I, I think Henderson's a lot along with Justice Hill uh, line, and he's more of a, a complimentary back. I see them potentially, I'd say third or fourth round, bringing in a, a big hitter and using them together along with Malcolm Brown. I don't think Malcolm Brown's gone, so... Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm certain they, they have to sort unless they sign someone in free agency. Devonta Freeman's knocking about. Yeah, but would you want to get rid of Gurdy and bring Freeman in because he has the same sort of issues? Was he not? Yeah, I wouldn't want to get rid of Gurley in the first place unless I no, knew that he was absolutely not, broken. No. <clears throat> I'm just looking now. Them releasing them, they've got a 20 million dead cap hit against Gurley for this year. He must be completely dead then, mustn't he? For cap to... hit, yeah. Cap hit seventeen million dollars. Dead cap twenty. They're just going to suck up twenty million. Some it must have come come from him in the off season for that to happen. I mean, it's obviously been all over the news today and yesterday that it was likely that he was leaving, but I'm very surprised that they've cut him still. Yeah. Well, talking of uh, bullish running backs, back to Jonathan Taylor. Cause yes, back to Jonathan he, um, Taylor. He had over 2,000 yards this last year with 21 touchdowns, 26 receptions, uh, 252 yards, and then another five. I mean, that is a boatload of touchdowns in one season, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's very impressive. I was looking at um, the running backs in college this morning while I was writing this up, um, and I was quite surprised just how far ahead he was of pretty much, well, most are bar Dobbins, who interestingly... I will get on to him in a minute, but pretty much matched him. Um, but yeah, two thousand yards from a from a, a running back, even in college, is is an impressive year. Um, and he's done it for three years as well. Um, he's actually totaled over six thousand yards in his three seasons and forty two touchdowns. So that's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> I know it's it's phenomenal. You look Off. at you look at the the next couple of guys that are coming out this year, and I think the next highest is just over four thousand. So. Um, yeah, he's he's shown it consistently. Um, he is your prototypical three down running back, in my opinion. Um, the uh, Wisconsin um, scheme didn't utilize him as much in the um, receiving game, um, but he he's shown good hands uh, and he can get in the end zone through the air as well. And you can show, you can see that from five touchdowns. Um, yeah. My only concerns are that he's had 926 touches so far in his college career, and uh, he had 18 fumbles in 41 games. Yes, it is a big workload, and and teams do look at that, and you do have to look at that that um, he could potentially come into the to this NFL with already some wear and tear on him, uh, and the fumbles are an issue. Um, but who was it? Someone came in in the last couple of years who had fumble issues and for life me, I can't remember who it is, but it all depends again, where he lands, what's in front of him, um, what these coaches are like. I think he, uh, he's, I, I like him. I think it will take, like I said earlier, it will take a lot for him not to be my one, one, um, unless he lands in somewhere absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. One team comes to mind. Lee won't be very happy with me for saying it, but if I would, I wouldn't like him to land at the Dolphins, and I do have them as one of my landing spots for him. Um, but I think by the time they're, 
Haven't they signed a couple of guards in free agency? They have, yes. Uh, but I think they're still quite far away from, in my opinion, being being relevant. And I think by the time that comes, the amount of work Taylor's already had and will probably have as a, a lead running back for an NFL team, it could be he's out the door. I mean, what's going He's been in the league four years. Mm, true. Years, and he's already he's already Broken been pushed down. out the door. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if I wonder if Jonathan Taylor is one of these running backs who we see absolutely explode for sort of two, three years and then just vanish as quickly as he came because of the workload takes a toll on his body. I think so. Um, he's had over two hundred. Um, sorry, he's had. Um, was it nine hundred? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. yeah he's had four hundred carries. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, over how, like my notes have let me down here, but yeah, 400 carries, I guess, over the last uh, two seasons. And it's a lot. I mean, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a big, big amount of touches. Um, and he's the type of player that will run into a tackler as well. So his body has taken hits. I mean, he's not injury. Um, he's not got had any injury concerns. He's been actually quite consistent on, on the pitch, but NFL is a different beast. Um, but I, yeah, like I say, I, I I like him a lot. He he is a prototypical three down back. He's big. He's got good height. He's quite quick for his size as well. What did he? Uh, I think he ran under a four four in the forty yards. Um, yeah, well, yeah, well just, I think I think he massively helped his craft stock because he was projected around a four five four. So yes, yeah, four three nine. He ran, which was was quite surprising um, considering he's a uh, two hundred pound plus back. Two fifteen, yeah. Yeah, big, big, big lad. So, but yeah, uh, like I say, subject to where he lands. And I, I, to be honest, not even subject to where he lands. I think wherever he lands, he's going to be productive for fantasy. But there will be some places that he'll perform better than others. Um, I really, well, I, I'd love him to land in KC, oh. and I wouldn't from a fan point yeah. of perspective. Haven't, haven't they just picked up the the option on Williams though? Yeah, but. Okay. Is that any, is that relevant? If they if they drop to it, yeah, I mean, if he's there at the end of the first round, would you grab him then, or would they want to show up cornerback? And if he's still there in the second round, I they'd have to take him. He's a he's a phenomenal talent. Yes, sir. Right then, let's talk about your boy J.K. Dobbins. For me, I got him as my number one, um, and I think it's a slightly slanted view because he was my workhorse back in college fantasy. So. You know, between him and and Justin Fields, they pretty much won me every week. That they, except uh, except, funnily enough, Championship Week, where neither performed that well, and the rest of my players just saw me over the line. But Dobbins is an absolute monster, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's another one. Um, unfortunately, he didn't run at the uh, the combine, so he didn't get to see his time. But he's got some good speeds for the size of him. He's over two hundred pounds as well. It's, he, although I, I listened to uh, an interview on Move the Sticks with Dobbins and he said that he's going to run at his pro day. Oh, that'd be good. I think that will help him. Um, that Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, another one where that he's going to be around, I'd say, the mid-second second round, I'd say, depending on who gets taken um, and who who's still got the pick. I think him, Swift and Taylor are all going to be targeted around the same sort of area and the same sort of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's anybody's it's anybody's guess which one of those is going to go first. Um, my personal opinion, from an Ohio State fan, I would have to say Dobbins is, is the number <laughs> one. 
but I do like um, Taylor's overall game more. Although, okay. looking back on the year, uh, they had exactly the same rushing yards, exactly the same touchdowns. Um, just uh, Taylor had five receiving and Dobbins only had two. But again, Ohio State don't utilise the back in the passing game. So you didn't really get to see much of that from him. No. And is that because Justin Fields, they place, they use so much read option because Fields is so fast. Yes. That rather than dump it off, Fields just goes the other way with the he, ball. He'll just go. Yeah, he'll just go. So, they, yeah, they never really, unless unless the play was for him, they, they sort of never really needed him to uh, to be that dump-off option. Fields is phenomenal at getting out of uh, danger, much like uh, not quite Lamar Jackson. I don't don't hear what I'm not saying, but he's got that... <laughs> so, He's, he's got that he's got that similar sort of style if you know what I mean yeah um I'm trying to think of an NFL I mean Mahomes he's quite good at escaping and Rogers there but Fields has got speed behind him as well but he he doesn't look for the run before the pass he'll just use his legs if he needs to yeah but, um but yeah in terms of Dobbins um definitely another three down back um he when he when he has been called into the passing down um, he's shown very good hands, um, and his his routes out the backfield have been have been pretty solid. Um, another another big body guy, uh, but he's got speed behind him. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he runs. I'd I'd say it'll probably be a mid two four. Uh, sorry, four four. I'd be surprised if he got to the same two uh, four three nine as Taylor. But I mean, you don't know. They look very similar in their play style. Yeah, well, Walter, Walter Football, where I got my pre-dar draft information, combine, sorry, information from, had him running a projected four-five. So, mm. again, same around Taylor, and if he can get that down to four-four-five or something around there, it would be absolutely ideal for his stock. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm just trying to go back onto my notes to see his carries. I don't know if you've got it in front of you, but I know mm. he was used no, quite a I lot don't. in the. Uh, the only reason I had Taylor's is because they were frighteningly high. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, one, one thing I would say for J.K. Dobbins is that he's played in the Big Ten, which is, if you're not a big college fan, like I wasn't, and I've only just recently picked this up, but it's one of the toughest uh, division. Division, right? That's right, Ash? Division? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I'm one of the sorry, toughest. Conference. Uh, conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Either or. Sure. Um, <laughs> conference. It is conference. I'm looking okay. at it now. Uh, yeah, he played in the Big Ten, which is full of tougher competition, isn't it? So the fact he... He yeah. did his amazing numbers in in a tougher conference is is well it's good for him and, and good for the fact that he can play against better better com, uh, competition. Yeah, definitely, it's probably up there. It's probably one of the top ones. Um, a lot of big teams, uh, Michigan, Michigan, yeah, Michigan <laughs> State. I mean, even at Wisconsin, Michigan State. They're not obviously one of the top teams, but they are very difficult to play. Uh, Penn State. There isn't many weak teams in there. Um, he carried the ball 725 times in three seasons, and he did, and he had 301 carries last year. So, not quite as much as Taylor, but again, another big volumes. Again, big volumes. Um, yeah, I think landing spot for these two won't. Like I say, I don't think it will be the make or break for them. I think they're going to be good regardless. Um, I'd like to see Dobbins. I'd like to see him go to the Chargers. I think. I think even though they just signed Eckler. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they'll still use quite a high pick on a running back. In my, I, I don't know. I, 
Tampa Bay, depending, like you say, what happens with Gurley. I think I had the, I had them on most of these guys, but if this Gurley, <laughs> if this Gurley news is actually going to come out as true, then that's going to scupper all that. But there's even some teams that are lower down that that um, the likes of um, Washington, Buffalo might want might be in the market for another running back. I don't think they'd use a high pick on one though. No, um, I see them taking I see them taking a lower one. Casey. Um, to the Chiefs, they could go for Dobbins over Taylor. They might prefer the look of him. It's uh, it's anybody's guess on these two which one goes first. Yeah, I mean the pros I've got down for Dobbins, I, I put he's got unrivaled vision when he's got the football. He's not afraid of contact or running through people. He's got incredible second gear speed. So when he gets into a foot race through the line, he pretty much always has the speed and, and endurance to get to the house. And then he's really difficult to bring down if you're in an arm tackle or, or holding onto his legs, he seems to churn through it and gain the extra yardage. Yes, certainly. He, he is much, he is, he is more of a, uh, a ground, a, a, uh, a ground and pound running back. His running, he can look a little tight at times in terms of when he's, he's not that sort of, he's going to juke you and get past you. He's just going to try and go through you. Yeah, uh, like I say, it's definitely out of him and uh, Taylor as my my top one and two. Yeah, and for sure. Wherever they land will probably sway me one way or the other. We'll see. We'll see when it comes to draft season and whether you just continually take J.K. Dobbins regardless of landing spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm taking him everywhere. Don't get me wrong. Because <laughs> I, I, he helped me win my first championship ring in college, I want him so bad. But, you know, not a humble brag, but quite a lot of my drafts. I'm further away from the, the start than the finish so yeah. the chance of me landing him or Taylor is there's there's one league where I tanked my second home dynasty league and I said I sold Saquon for three first round picks this year and I was like do you know what I'm got I'm all in I'm taking Dobbins at one regardless and then if another one of them's there at five I'm taking them and then I'm going to take one of the receivers at seven so yeah I've taken I've taken over one dynasty league where I've got the 101 um, people are trying to get it off me left, right and centre I'm still waiting for a big offer but yeah I think Dobbins is probably going to be my guy <laughs> <laughs> Right then Ash let's talk about a Georgia Bulldog it wouldn't be fair if there wasn't a Georgia Bulldog running back in the top five because they seem to punch them out like nobody's business I know right always always Yeah so DeAndre Swift out of Georgia I don't actually know much about him he I don't know who had him in, in our league. Um, it wasn't me, so I wasn't watching what he was doing. And I didn't watch a lot of college ball itself. Mm. I've watched a few highlights here and there, but I didn't actually see much of um, of DeAndre Swift's game. So I don't, you know, he had a, a decent 2019 numbers-wise, 1,200 yards, uh, seven touchdowns, and then 24 receptions with a, another touchdown through the air. But what what do I need to know about DeAndre Swift? He, again, very much like the first two. Um, he's a powerful runner. Um, he can catch the ball. I think out of the three, I'd say he's probably got the best vision behind the line of scrimmage. Okay. Um, not quite on the bell levels in terms of finding the gap and seeing the, the rushes, but, um, he, yeah, he's, he's certainly, he's all, you can tell he's reading the play as he get like, literally, as soon as he gets the ball, um, he reads the play very well. Um, he's quite a compact runner, um, so again, he he's not he doesn't he's got a good jump cut. Definitely got a j- good jump cut, but um, yeah, he 
does run quite compact and you can see by his, his, his body type is quite compact as well. Like he's a, he's a big, big short guy, uh, over 200 pounds again. I can't, I can't, forgive me, I can't remember seeing much of him in the receiving game, so I can't really comment too much on that. But on what I've, on what I've read, um, I mean, he had 24 receptions last year, uh, yep. 32 the year before. So, I mean, along the same sort of lines as the other two. Um, I think he's utilised more on the ground. Um I think yeah. one of the things, one of the, sorry to jump in, Ash, one of the things I um, noticed from doing my breakdown of a little bit of tape and then reading uh, a few draft boards and stuff like that on him is he, he's got very, compared to the last two guys we just mentioned, his usage is tiny. Because of where he's played at Georgia, there's always been three or four running backs that they can rotate into the system. So uh, a bit like um, Josh Jacobs came in last year with very few touches. It's exactly the same this year for, for DeAndre Swift. I mean, you think um, two years ago, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle were there. He would have played with them in his in his freshman year? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, so, so he probably wouldn't have seen much of the ball then. And then, yeah, so he hasn't had many touches, which I don't know whether that's it. Has he had enough to be proven coming into the NFL or has he had has he had uh, enough that he's very fresh? I think this year helped him a lot. He had just under 200 um, attempts. He had 196 attempts in 2019-2020. Um, so I think that 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 will help him. Um, mm-hmm. But you are right. I mean, he finished his three seasons uh, at Georgia with 440 attempts. So quite considerably less than the first two. I mean, well, half. Half what yeah, the other two have had. Half of Pretty much half of the other two, yeah. So, yeah, you are... You hit the nail on the head there in the in the Chubb Michelle um, Jacobs factor. He's shown when he was on the pitch, he shown he showed well, um, yeah. but he has has he shown enough to to have that that high draft stock? And in my opinion, no. I think he's going to be nearer a mid to late second rounder. Um, again, it, the same sort of teams we're going to be talking about for all three of these guys. I think out of the six or seven teams, they're going to land on them in the second round, I'd say, barring anything big happening in the next few few weeks. Yeah. Quite a few people I've read um, for pros and cons of these players and stuff have got him compared to CMC coming out of college now. Again, like Ash earlier, don't hear what I'm not saying, but he's not going to turn into CMC. But coming out of college, a few people have compared him to CMC. So... You know, who knows? There's maybe the possibility there that I've not seen on tape, but, you know, I'm not a scout. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, he also, I don't think quite long as much as Dobbins, but he did have um, ball security issues um, in college, which I think NFL teams will potentially look at. Um, and also, he's not the quickest back. I think his combine four four nine yeah he didn't show out well at the combine did he his numbers weren't great no he didn't he didn't he didn't do all of them um whether he was carrying some a knock or he just didn't want to uh but yeah four four eight in the in the 40 yard dash uh when you compare him to some of the other running backs that did run didn't have the best uh best result for him unfortunately but again i'd say he's arguably probably in the top three picks in fantasy and that's one of the top three running backs in the draft as a whole uh, this year at the moment. 
Okay, Friday sh- will be interesting. So let let's say you've uh, you've got stacked at, at running back. You've got the one hundred and one, and you're going to take a receiver. Who's your guy? Lamb or Judy? Oh, it's a, oh I don't know. Um, Judy probably edges it for me. Yeah, you're um, wrong. Who am I? Okay, fair. <laughs> why am I wrong? Go on, you, you tell me why I'm wrong first. Okay, so for those of you that know me, you know that I did a series in the in the season on wide receivers. I love a wide receiver, and my in-depth analysis of rookies coming in has been far more weighted towards wide receivers than it has running backs. I mean, I enjoyed writing about running backs and learning about them, but when I got into watching run- wide receiver tape and looking at their numbers and who they played for, and I wrote, I sat down one evening, my first top-tier article I wrote in about an hour and 40 minutes. I did 2,200 words, and I, I had to stop and go back and finish points off before. Otherwise, it would have been 4,000 words, and I wouldn't have even... So I massively enjoy it. And in watching the tape... Now, don't get me wrong. Judy is a phenomenal receiver. He's as good as anything I've seen come out of college in the last three years. Where C.D. Lamb has the edge over him is where I've heard in-game... Sorry, after-game interviews with defender cornerback saying... You know, C.D. Lamb, he's got that look in his eye where he wants it. He's got that fierce killer look in his eye. And I I don't think Judy provides that. So if if you're taking one of the two and one's got killer instinct and the other one hasn't got it as much, I'm taking the guy who wants to rip my throat out to get to the end zone. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say the only thing I'd like to see more of from Lamb, um, I think his roots at times let him down. Um, and in particular, when he gets to the NFL level, he will struggle with man-to-man coverage. Uh, but it's something that, that can be taught. He's still, I mean, these are all still young guys and um, the, the NFL coaches will hopefully be able to, uh, to get for that improvement. But they're, they're very, very close and they are, in my, in my opinion, the top two by a by quite a distance in terms of wide receivers uh, this year, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'd say yeah that his his route running is the only thing that slightly lets him down. Um, I think the trouble with that is you you're comparing him like I asked you to do to Judy, who's probably I don't know he's <laughs> he could be the greatest route runner I've seen. Um, just yes. the, just on the tape and stuff, he is as fluid and like water as you could possibly be when running a, a, a route and when he changes direction, you've got absolutely no idea he's going to do it. And it's, he doesn't slow down when he changes direction. He doesn't offer any clue as to which way he's going to go. When you see him change, it's just instantly done. See you later. And that, you know, he breaks ankles just by running a slant because people just don't know where he's going to go. No, that's true. He's, yeah, he's probably certainly in recent, in recent years, he's probably the best Right, wanted to come out of college, so yeah, that might be why I was so uh, picking on lambs in particular there. Uh, but no, I, very little to separate them. Um, I think they both got their issues. Um, I think Judy's main ones are, I mean, he's actually considering his size, he's not as he's not as slow. I'm sorry, he's yeah, he's not as slow as I was expecting him to be. Um, but he's still not got that elite speed. Uh, but when you've got that crisp throughout running, you don't need elite speed. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got good top level speed, but not like the 
he's going to kill you every time down the down the field. Like, um, why can't I remember his name from this year? Who rugs? No. Yes. Yes. Rugs. Yes. So he's not got rug speed. Um, but yeah, when you've got that sort of route running, you don't you don't really need top level speed as well. And I personally think they're both going to be wide receiver ones, if not probably not their rookie year, but in the very near future. Where do you think they're going to land? And I know you're probably going to want one of them at yours. But So, yeah, I have, in interestingly enough, um, I drafted them both in the first round uh, of my mock yep. draft. And where, oh, damn it, somebody took Judy before Lamb. And I had the Broncos taking Lamb at 15. And then, oh, who was it? Maybe the Jets? Or did the Jets take an edge? Um, well, I I have Jerry Judy. go. I, I think he's going to go to the Jets or the Giants. I, I, I can see the Giants using their... Please, fifth, please do not draft fifth? him at four. What, fourth? Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know why. I can just see them taking him. No. Because, yeah. I'm just looking oh, at my mock so. now so I can find him. There he is. Oh, he went to the Raiders at 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got them as a potential landing spot. Yeah, I've got, the, I've got Giants, Jets, Raiders, Broncos. And I've also got the Eagles, if either one of them drop. Now, I don't see that happening because I think they're probably... These guys are both early to mid first rounders. Yeah. Um, but depending on teams' needs and if anyone drops to them... Like obviously, the, these guys are both really, really good receivers. But I actually oh. think, obviously, that if they go before 21, I think the next best receiver, he's not on our list, but I'll mention him quickly, is Justin Justin Jefferson out of LSU. He's, yes. He is almost the perfect receiver for Carson Wentz. Yeah, and he's he's probably only just not on my list, to be honest with you. I'd say he's six or seven. Um, I, haven't, I haven't fully finished it yet, so I couldn't tell you exactly. But yeah, he's... I was going to mention him as one of my sleepers until I realised there's no, I, he won't be a sleeper. Yeah, <laughs> he, he is. He's he's phenomenal. He was <laughs> he absolutely was a, phenomenal last yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. I'd say he's probably uh, he's probably the number three behind these two, um, along with you can say his name. You drafted him in the mock. Oh, my boy Lavisca. That's it. Yeah, Lavisca. Yeah, I got him at four. He's my four. Yeah. I mean, even with his injury, I've got him at four. I just yeah. think. Oh, do you know what I, I wrote? This is going to ruin the thing for the uh, for the uh, what do you call it mock? But to be fair, I don't know if many people who listen to the podcast actually read any articles because they get <laughs> most of the information. So I had him going. I had Lavisca, obviously with his injury. Uh, this is Lavisca Shane out, sorry, Rush Nation out of Colorado. Uh, I had him going at where were the Bills twenty twenty two? I had him. I had him pegged as a bill. I think I thought he was the absolute perfect wide receiver for Josh Allen. You know, he's a big dude. He is first round talent, no doubt about it, but his injury history is the main concern for him. But I thought he was, he's, when he plays, he plays tough. They've played him in the Wildcat. They use him as a running back. He can catch the ball. It's all, it's all really good and suited the bills perfectly. And then they went and traded for the bills, uh, for Diggs, sorry, so that yeah. blew that out of the water. But interestingly enough, with Diggs moving on and the Vikings picking up the 22nd spot in this year's draft, I've got them taking Lavisca because I think he's a perfect replacement for Diggs and can be the outside guy while Thielen operates in the middle. Yeah, I've got the Vikings um, taking a taking a wide receiver quite high now. 
Um, now they've got rid of Diggs, obviously, but just even if they hadn't have traded away Diggs, I I think they probably would have taken a wide receiver around the two, even the second or third round, because behind Diggs and Phelan, they've not got a great deal more there. And obviously, Phelan's not old, but he's not exactly young either. So no. especially now they now they got rid of Diggs, I can't. Can't not see them taking a wide receiver unless someone phenomenal drops to them in that spot. Yeah, is that so? We got anything else to say about? We got a bit off topic there, but uh, you... yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did quite. But to be uh, fair, I think we uh, covered Ceedee Lamb and Jerry Judy pretty well. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, again, uh, m- much like um, Dobbins and Taylor, it, it's a toss up between the two of them as which one's going to go first. Um, not only in the actual draft, but in fantasy as well. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, to be honest with you. No. Um, they, they they both offer slightly different things, but they, as I said before, I fully believe they're both going to be wide receiver ones in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a case of who you like more, isn't it? If they both go to reasonable landing spots and you think, oh, you know, for me, I like Lamb more than Judy. But again, it, it all depends on the landing spot. And if they both went to the Las Vegas Raiders, I would take Lamb. But yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? No, exactly. I'm looking forward to the draft. I think there's going to be some uh, some upsets. Absolutely. That we won't, that we're not expecting, like most years. But yeah, I mean, why don't we quickly, considering Brady is no longer at New England, what do you think they do at quarterback? <sighs> I haven't, to be honest, thought too much about it, and probably as much as I should have done. I don't see them drafting someone. I believe they will either trade for one of the guys that's on the market, a la Newton or Dalton, although I've just seen on my phone come up that Newton might potentially be cut. Um, well, they they said he was tradable yesterday, didn't they? And then, yes. And then yeah. he basically said, but the thing is, like, who's going to tra- trade for him? Mm, yeah, why would you? I think, but yeah, I don't know. Dalton, I reckon Dalton's probably the... Well, I mean, Winston would they would they take the swap, bring Winston in? I don't know I, if he's Belichick sort of uh, sort of quarterback, but but then I heard this brilliant thing on a podcast the other day. I can't remember which one it was, and they said, "Yeah, Belichick will uh, bring bring Winston in, and then have a better season than Brady does down at Tampa, and then yeah, well, and then yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll Belichick will ring up Arians at the end of the season and say, like, yeah, dude, I had a." I had your old quarterback and you took mine and I still had a better season than you. I think that would be such a Bill Belichick thing. Well, something's just come up on my phone mentioning saying Winston and Steelers, but I flicked off of it before. I, not that it was signing, but like a rumour. I don't, I don't think we've got enough money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't so, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I hate that. I absolutely yeah. hate that, if I'm honest. <laughs> wow, so yeah. let, let's talk about your wide receiver sleeper. Um, okay. Another one of my boys from my fantasy winning championships. Yeah, I've just gone and looked at your team and picked all them, to be honest with you. Well, it's what got me there, mate. I mean, you know. Yeah, true. So it's, it's Chase Claypool out there, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, yeah. Yeah, big dude. He is a tall, big dude. Uh, but he's also quick. Yes, he, he ran is. a four four two in the in the combine. He's 6'4". And he over 230 pounds? 238 pounds he weighed yeah, in at the combine. He's a big, big lad. Obviously, if you haven't been living under a rock, you saw the comparison of him with Calvin Johnson. But he's the yeah. first player since Calvin Johnson to run under a 4.45, 4 
weighing their weight. Their weight. I mean, it is a comparison. If you didn't see the the graphic, Claypool we just mentioned six four. Johnson was six five. Claypool weighs two thirty eight. Johnson weighs two thirty nine. And then Johnson ran a four four dead, and Claypool ran a four four two. So, you know, if you're looking for a comparison and, and you want to you want to read into that, Claypool's the next Megatron, man. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's also hit. It's very easy to compare him to his teammate from last year as well, Miles Boykin, because he also had elite size and, and explosiveness um, and speed. Uh, but I think Claypool is more. I hate I hate saying this, but I think he's more pro ready okay. as t- compared to what Boykins was. It, certainly, his um, he battles well, as you can imagine. Uh, mm. His contested his contested catches are phenomenal, but he's a big lad, so expect that. But then he can also get down the field if needs be, um, and even if he lands at somewhere where he's going to be second string, he is very good on specials team um, again because of his size and speed. He'll offer good. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. He's not a very gonna... size, speed mismatch yeah. player, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, certainly. And he's got very good hands as well. Um, he's not scared yeah. of contact either, which no, is good for his size. I mean, obviously, he's mm-hmm. going to use his size to his advantage. But what my so I watched quite a lot of tape on Claypool because I'm trying to find a college team, and I thought, mm, you know, Notre Dame, why not them? And because I had a couple of their boys on my lineup, but Murph talked me out of it. So I watched, and anyway, I went in watching a lot of Claypool stuff and I don't know where my point was going now. My train of thought is complete. Oh, um, yeah. So no, I've gone. It's lost. Why was oh, I watching okay. tape, Ash? To find a team. No, before that. Before that. No. Uh, it will come back to going. me. It will come back to me. <laughs> but do you know what would be funny though? If the Lions drafted him, because they do need a wide out help. True. Yeah, very true. You I put him opposite opposite Kenny Golladay, have like Baby oh, Tron. Yeah. I know they've already had a Baby Tron, but yeah, they could do with another one. I think they could do with a lot of stuff. But I, I mean, you just look at him. I don't know if you watched any of the combine. Um, I, I caught snippets and mainly watched like the highlights and stuff like that. But he and and from college, though, with his with his pants on, he just looks massive. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you see him run the way he runs, and you just go, wow. Like, where has this come from? And interestingly enough, I, I still don't... I, he's still being overshadowed uh, in many respects. Yeah. I mean, he had a much better 2019 than than uh, Henry Ruggs did. He played yeah. 66 catches, 1,037 yards, 13 touchdowns. And they they had Cole Komet there as their tight, uh, tight end and red zone target. So... Obviously, Claypool's massive, but they didn't mm. choose to target him much in the red zone, and he still had 13 touchdowns on the year. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think he's, I'd say, probably a mid-thirds, possibly fourth-rounder. Um, so, you know, I think, I think he's got back end of the second. Do you reckon? Yeah. I'd... Potentially, because he is very, he's very good on special teams. He played special teams at uh, Notre Dame as well. So that could be a, a big factor for someone taking him with the uh, potential. But also the yeah the ability to jump straight into special teams and and give some value there instantly. I reckon um, I think Green I think he's going to go to Green Bay. In my, Do you? In my opinion, yeah, I, I reckon I, they'll get him. I've got a funny feeling Green Bay are going to take a receiver higher up. I think they might even take one late first. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think uh, someone like Brandon Auk or Denzel Mims is a really good fit for the Green Denzel Bay. Denzel Mims is a good shout, yeah. Very, very good shout. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if... I think that's... that's we probably we probably give them everything we can on Claypool, wouldn't we? I'm massively annoyed that I forgot what I was talking about. I had a really good point to make, and <laughs> I, got, I got into my standard stocks routine and got out of what I was thinking about just talking rubbish and then forgot about the point. So I'm really sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's easily so easily done. Yeah, my the only knock I did have on Claypool is that sometimes he got stuffed at the line when in press coverage because of his size and yes. his initial ten yards isn't that fast. If you were a larger corner and you could stuff him at the line, he wasn't able to get into into his route quick enough. No, and and as well on the catch, although he's phenomenal in the contested catch, once he's made that catch, he doesn't then offer you very much more after that. Mm. He sort of looks to get the ball, and then almost that's it. Like, he, don't get me wrong. Some of the tape I've watched on him, he will then he will then go. But a lot of the times, he'll make that catch, and then that's that's it. Yep. Which is not it's by no means a bad thing. But sometimes you just want that little bit more. You want them to win the contested catch, then make a play. Hundred percent. Field stretcher. Everyone needs a field stretcher. Yeah. Somebody I wanted to ask you about because I didn't see much of them last season, Ash, was T Higgins yeah. from Clemson. Now, I've just started watching tape on it, a little bit of tape on him and reading up on him. And he seems like a... What do you know about the dude? I, I tried not to watch too much Clemson because I don't like them. <laughs> but no, he's another player. He's he's along the same sort of lines as um, as Claypool, actually. He's 6'4", not as big uh, in terms of his, his weight, but he's still over 200 pounds. Um, very good in the contested catch area as well. Yep. Um, but I'd say he's got better hands than Claypool. Um, you see certain certain uh, wide receivers, they, they get the ball, they, the ball comes to them, it just just stops. Like mm. Whereas some, you they have to potentially bring it in or juggle it, but he, he very rarely juggles the ball and it just sort of like just pops into his hands. Yeah. Um, what what I've seen from Higgins so far on tape is he's got very soft hands at point of ball mm. contact as well. So like you say, once he's got it, it's locked in and he yes. knows where he's catching it. And not only that, the dude has got like huge arms. So when yeah, he gets into... Yeah, phenomenal. It is massive. His catch radius is like a double-decker bus. It is ginormous. So if you toss it up, he's going to catch it. And what I've noticed a lot from his tape as well, he makes so many of his catches outside the numbers. He is a pure outside guy. He does not come into the middle of the field. He does not get jammed up in traffic. He's he's an outside corner guy all day long. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that um will be lacking from him, and again it might it might not be down to him, it could well be the scheme. Um I didn't see a great deal from his root tree and you alluded to him then. He's on the outside quite a lot. Um yep. that and if that's that's his game then then brilliant. That's that's not an issue but um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't offer a great deal more than that, um, and he doesn't have the greatest like short burst speed. He's quick for his size again, but um, yeah, he does lack a bit of uh, short burst speed. But he's he's certainly a, a contested catch wide receiver, and he, he'll win. I'd say more than he loses on them. I'd yeah, say 100 eight, Win eight out of ten. Yeah, my my cons on him at the moment are. He appears to lack power and strength when getting physical. He's not, like you've mentioned, he, he's not that tough when running his routes, which 
leads back to power and strength and then he struggles to separate because you're you like you said his short burst speed is is not great so he does struggle to separate sometimes when especially on on longer go routes and stuff where he hasn't got a turn he can't create that separation with speed and then then gets sometimes but then again that's where his catch radius comes in and gets him out of trouble yes definitely again another uh, I, he's very similar to uh, Claypool but I think the Clemson factor probably elevates him in terms of draft stock above Claypool. Um, I'd say that would that would just be a defining factor playing with um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Again, um, but yeah, uh, I like him. I think this this is a ridiculous wide receiver class. Much oh, like most of the so deep. It's so <laughs> deep. But most of the most of the positions are deep this year, bar tight end and um linebacker to a certain extent, once you yeah. get out of the like top three guys. But yeah, yeah, every other thing seems as deep as any year we've seen before. So Yeah. I think another thing with that Higgins, I just want to hark back to him quickly was that the fact that Clemson have got so many weapons. You don't, yes. and they and the way they play football, they spread it about a lot and, and run the ball considerably. So Higgins, maybe maybe we haven't seen the best from yet from him. I don't, I don't know. No, no. And again, I think landing spot will be a big thing for him. Um, I can. Where can I see him going? I think Colts are probably a good shout for him. Um, do you know somewhere else that'd be a good shout for him? We mentioned him before, the Vikings. You know, Thielen runs yes. the inside stuff. Just stick him on the outside and let stick him. Stick him on the outside, yeah. That's a good That's a good call as well. And it, they might, it, they could potentially do that and then use this 22nd pick for a uh, for something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could even, Cortland Sutton is an unreal receiver, but he, Higgins could operate on the outside exclusively for, for the Broncos and let Cortland Sutton move all over the line. Because he's got the big enough size, strength, and speed to be able to, yeah. to mess you up, whether it be on the opposite side to Higgins or running out of the slot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a few, there's a few good places that could uh, that could work out for him, and that could definitely use that sort of skill set as as with Claypool as well. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos need another big receiver like Sutton, though. That's the trouble. Otherwise, I'd be <sighs> buying a Claypool jersey all day long. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I think Sutton, yeah. They need somebody they, fast. They, they need a stretch. They need, just... they need a field stretch. I'm just trying to think of, I, I know who Hamilton is, but I can't for the life of me recall him from last year and the way he plays. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton is a small slot guy all day right, long. Okay. Cool. So yeah, right. he's, yeah, he's no outside monster. Big, <laughs> nah, they need a field stretcher then. Okay, Ash, right. Considering we're approaching the end of the podcast, you've got two people on your list. I'm going to mention okay. both and yeah. then you can pick who you want. And, uh, you know, it's the off-season, man. So why don't we come back and do another one of these, even if it's just you and me talking and no one else listens. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. We'll do another one. There's loads of players we can talk about. Yes, there is. So you've got two running backs on your sleepers list. One is Zach Moss from Utah, yeah. and the other one is Enge- Eno Benjamin. And I don't know where he played. Uh, Eno Benjamin played in Arizona State. Oh, do you know what? I've ri- I'm pretty sure I've written about him, actually, now you mention that. Um, you have. We will Good. talk about Eno <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> because we'll choose Eno Benjamin because we have both writ- wrote about Zach Moss. So, because you put him on your yep. running backs, and he was in my um, NFL draft sleepers. So, if people want to know a bit more about Zach Moss, they can go and read both of our articles on the website. 
Yeah, good plug. Five yard rush credit UK. Head over there and check them both out. Yeah, so we'll uh, yeah, I think we I think we go for for Ina Benjamin because coming into 2019 um, and off the back of 2018, he was actually up there in conversation with Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, really? Robbins. Yeah, because he had such a good 2018. Now bear with me one second because I've stupidly closed my um, stats, but okay. I will find them. And I will keep talking until I find them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so 2018, he had 300 attempts for 1,642 yards and 16 touchdowns. Wow. Um, in his sophomore year. Um, and this year wasn't as good, but he still tops 1,000 yards, 1,083, and rushed for 10 touchdowns. Um, but yeah, last, like I say, coming into the year, he was being spoken about as a top, top-tier top running back a la Taylor, um, and he is a free down player. Um, he's shown in college he can, he can catch the ball, probably more so than um, Taylor and Dobbins. Um, okay. But, but granted, it was for Arizona State in the Pac-12, so you're always going to have the factor of obviously Dobbins in in the Big Ten and Ohio State is going to give him that edge. Um, but he is very elusive. Um, he's got good acceleration. He showed so poorly in the combine, though. That's the only downside. Um, he ran a four-five-seven, um, and for a guy who's five-nine, just over two hundred pounds, he looks quicker than that when he plays. Um, and do you think that because... could have been? Sorry to jump in. Do you think that that could have been partly to do with the way he was prepped for the combine, though? Because you do hear of some schools having elite coaching staff to prep their players for the combine, and let's face it, most of the combine stats don't really matter when it comes to playing in the NFL so if he hadn't got himself in in the right state for the combine and he was still in game mode as it were he would have showed poorly but when you look back at his tape he looks like you say faster yes I yeah I I I believe that is the case and I would focus and I fully believe that the teams will probably focus more on his tape and potentially what he does in his pro day than they will on his combine Um, and don't he he wasn't disastrous in his combine. I just think his 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 rush his forty yard dash let him down. Um, he did a six nine seven in the free cone drill, so they just don't jump off the page. Yep. Um, but he is probably the most dual threat out of any of the running backs that we've spoken about. I've just I've just dragged up my because I've written about so many players I've forgotten about you know Benjamin but I've just dragged up why I wrote about him and I'm reading through it and stuff and yeah his numbers are, are pretty good I mean mm. like you say 2018 was decent and then my, my notes on him so I finished the I finished the uh, the part on Eno by saying um, he is a sleeper back to possibly be a name in the NFL in the future years watch out for being Benjamin Rush Nation and then my pros on him were that he runs through contact extremely well has very soft hands and catches the ball again uh, yeah soft hands and catches the ball exquisitely and then the biggest thing I got from watching him on tape was that he doesn't seem to slow down for 60 minutes so he's got got the full tank so if you need him to grind down teams at the end of the game he's still going to be there giving you absolutely everything yeah, I'd say one concern I do have with him um, is he looks for the tackle. He puts his head down and just runs into someone. Now, it looks great. 
but that will wear you down quick in the NFL. And I, I would hope that he gets not. I, it's brilliant. It's just, you need to have it in your game to be a um, a good running back in the NFL, but not as often as he did in college. I think it will certainly, yeah, it will certainly um, hinder him in the long run if he continues the way mm. he has done. Yeah. Um, and the the only other thing to really mention on him, um, as I say, is he's very he is very elusive uh, as well as you saying that he does run into people. If he wants to cut and and juke past someone, he can, he can do it. Um, and his his change of pace, his change of speed on the turn is 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 up upper level. I just think he's been overshadowed so much this year that his draft stock has taken a massive hit. But it's whoever gets him is going to have a bargain on their hands. I think. Which, which could be brilliant for fantasy because you could draft him late as one of sort of second or third round rookie draft and, and get yourself an absolute steal, Kareem Hunt style. Yeah, and if the likes of Casey Dolphins, if if one of those type of teams want to wait and stock up elsewhere, I'd say you're probably going to see this guy in the late third round. Possibly, yeah, I'd say third, third to fourth round, depending on how he shows out in his pro day. Do you know where he would be an absolutely brilliant fit? Sure. Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, yeah stay, stay in Arizona, play the air yeah. raid, can receive the ball really well. Kenyon Drake's only on a, on, a, on a designated tag. I keep forgetting about the Cardinals, actually. I think they could be, they could be in the market for another, another running back. And, especially and somebody who plays the way Benjamin plays. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also see this. I don't. We have well, we haven't spoken about him, but um, Zach Moss. I can see the Steelers picking him up in the draft. Can you? Depending on yeah, yeah. I just don't think they've got as much confidence in James Connor anymore to be the be the bell cow. I think Zach Moss would be a really good fit at the Steelers as well. I I would love him at the Steelers. I think he he would do very well there, and he complement. Um, Connor, I think you need. I think for us to succeed and for Connor to succeed, he needs to have someone who can um, consistently give him a break when he needs it. Because you can see from the, his first two years that his body just it doesn't hold up as well as it it should. No, he's not a sixteen-game man, is he? Unfortunately, not. No, because when he is playing, he looks good. Yes, sir. Good. Well, we we just mentioned Zach Moss, Ash, and I tell you what, we'll open the show next time with Zach Moss and keep people entertained. Yeah. So. Man, it's been good. It's been good to have you back on. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it. I always enjoy coming on. Mate, you're more than welcome anytime. Like Ash said earlier, Rush Nation, head over to Five Yard Rush, check out his articles. Ash, talking of articles, when's your next one coming? Soon. Well, it better be. I'm, it, it better be. But uh, yeah, no, like Ash said, head over to Five Yard Rush, check out our articles, check out Murph's articles, check out everyone's articles who's writing for us because they're all absolute bangers. Don't forget the merch is available on the shop right now. Ash owns a black hoodie, which is pretty pimp, if I do say so myself. Yep, I wear it probably too much. Love it. No, no, there is absolutely no such thing sir, <laughs> as wearing Five no Yard merch way. too much. But um, Good point. Yeah, you can follow Ash on Twitter. It's uh, addicted to... Ash, what's your Twitter handle? Addicted to underscore FF. Yeah, I was going to say that, but didn't want to get it wrong. But there you go. Follow Ash on Twitter because he's a good follow. And uh, look out for, I guess this is it for this week, Rush Nation. We um, 
we've we've hit you with four podcasts i i didn't want to not do one so here we are me and ash talking rookies which i absolutely love if you haven't listened if you haven't listened to the free agency ones go back and listen to that because murph and lee did an absolutely stellar job of pointing out who went where and also if you want a quick guide to who went where head over to the website check out their live free agency tracker it's every player who's gone from who to where and it's 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 pretty good so yeah head over to the website or follow the twitter which is at five yard rush and all the details are over there but rush nation from me oh corona was meant that we're not in studio so from me in my house from ash down south until next week as always don't forget keep rushing We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 